Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. That's like a, a big part of it is understanding that you have to publish. You have to, as a, like we work with creatives who struggle. They don't want, oh, it's not good enough. I'm not going to put it out. I can't put it out. It's not good enough. It might not be good enough for where you're going to end up, but it's definitely good enough for where you are now because that's what you've created. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Balancing Acts. In this conversation, I talk with Ara Borzagian, the co-founder of Jump Off TV and So Incredible TV. Perfect. Hi, this is Steve Whiteley, comedian, actor, filmmaker, and writer, all-round ADHD creative. And welcome to my new podcast, Balancing Acts, where I talk to an array of creatives, ranging from comedians, actors, directors, all sorts. And we talk about how they find a sense of balance or not between their creative lives and their everyday lives, and how that has an impact on their mental health and beyond. Balancing Acts is now made in association with The Comedy Crowd, who are a website and community that support independent comedy creators such as myself. I have a Comedy Crowd short, which is a a two-minute video, one of my characters, on their website. They showcase the best new videos on Comedy Crowd TV, which is comedycrowdtv.com, and across media platforms, so do go and check them out. So Ara started off working in the advertising industry as a creative writer for global advertising agencies such as Gray and DDB. He then went on to launch with his brother Harry, The Jump Off, which became the preeminent hip hop event in, in London, well, really in the UK and beyond. And it became a global phenomenon. They were setting up jump off events in um, different territories all around the world. And they then launched Jump Off TV, which consisted of them creating loads of different types of content from uh, hidden camera shows to sketches, loads of different formats. They were like one of the first guys creating different original formats on YouTube. Uh, You can check out their YouTube channel, The Jump Off. It's got something like 500,000 subscribers and they've got like 270 odd million views. Ara also co-runs So Incredible TV with his brother, Harry. They're a global talent management company, marketing agency who specialize in creative branded experiences, viral videos and influencer marketing. This was a great one. This was a really good conversation. Um, We wanted to talk to Ara for a while I just thought it'd be really cool to get a different perspective, you know, from someone who is working with creatives, you know, they're working with talent, developing talent, and they've always been great in understanding the social media content ecosystem. So I wanted to talk to him about that and, and you know, his, his journey. We kicked off talking about conspiracy theories, uh, OBS, 
and why it's important to research opinions and not to hold on to your own opinion too tightly. We talk about our respective routines and how we're both doing creatively during lockdown and Arrow's experience of being a parent during these trying times. Um, we discuss wrestling with anxiety due to a lack of creative input and you know why it's so important to get inspired by being absorbed by other people's work and through new experiences rather than just sort of sitting in front of your laptop waiting for inspiration to hit. We discuss Aristar and the advertising industry when he realized you could actually get paid for your creativity and he explains why he regrets leaving the advertising industry prematurely. And we dive in deep to the whole journey of Arrow and his brother Harry launching the Jump Off and Jump Off TV. As I mentioned, um, it became the number one hip-hop battle event in the country and beyond. And he explains what the world of content looked like before YouTube and breaks down what their kind of their release strategy was and what it was like being an early adopter, you know, being one of the first pay partners on YouTube. And we also sort of cover the downsides of being, you know, a pioneer and ahead of your game, but why it's super important not to be bitter about that and instead to be able to shift, evolve and learn from your mistakes. There's a whole crazy story there that I didn't even know about. Ara talks about how they had their tapes that were stolen from this amazing event at Jump or TV where they were offering rappers a £50,000 prize and obviously this whole event was going to was being filmed and was going to be released and the tapes were stolen and being held to ransom so Ara and his brother Harry had to work side hustles to pay the money the £50,000 that they'd promised these winners so he explains you know really how to pick yourself up when you're at rock bottom and how they were both forced to pivot and you know that basically so by doing all these sort of like sideline filming jobs and whatnot they developed this whole new skill set which at the time they didn't realize was going to send them into a whole new trajectory so Arrow then goes on to explain about his company's so incredible tv and what they do from production to talent management and he dives in deep breaking down what he believes to be the running traits that he has spotted amongst talent that he's worked with so yeah, what you kind of need or what he feels he's seen from successful talent. And we discuss this idea of whether it's essential to be social media savvy. He describes the early days of managing Maya Jammer and Charlie Sloth and kind of the traits that they both had in common. And then we break down the difference between long-term creative careers and then what Ara describes as accidental talents. He talks about why it's important to learn from audience online reactions and move quickly when you're creating online content. You know, develop formats as you go along depending on audience feedback. He then goes on to say why well, it's important to know which game you're in. Are you creating sort of like short films or, or you know, any type of art that is of a high production value or something that's going to take longer so you're releasing less frequently? Or are you releasing content more regularly? You know, he said it's important to work that out and then create your plan based on that. Arrow also explains why his almost workaholic nature has protected his mental health over the years. And uh, we discussed this importance of just having time to think, doing nothing, but just being able to think. Arrow also emphasizes why it's so important as a creative to keep the momentum going and understanding that you do have to publish your work eventually and why it's okay not to, not for the work to be perfect because it's never going to be perfect you know the work is as good 
as it can be at that point when you're making it. And then as you progress, it will get better. So don't get too caught up in this idea of perfectionism. We also discuss why Aaron enjoys helping and giving advice to others. There's loads here. So um, this is a great episode, lots of insightful information. If you are looking or if you are creating, you know, social media content or just content in general, if you want to get the insight of an industry insider, then this is the one for you. So over to Ara. So how's your lockdown going? Um, I mean, it's all a bit corny, I think, now. <laughs> In what way? It's just the same answers. Like, I feel like I've asked someone similar, the same thing yesterday, yeah? So, like, for Yanimai's, and he gave the same answer I would give now, and it just feels a bit like, oh, God, am I going to just repeat what he just said? And it's just, you know, because we're doing this thing for YouTube originals. Um, so he's had to ask a few, answer a few questions um, about how his lockdown's going and stuff. And one of his answers, I was like, yeah, I mean, say this, say that, blah, blah. And it was, um, yeah, I have some good days. I have some bad days, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a standard football player's response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Post-match yeah, you know, the team done well. It was it was yeah. a team performance. That's yeah. done all right. Uh, I mean, for, and then if you've got kids, there's another layer to it. You know, it's difficult. You know, sometimes the kids run in. It's a bit hard to work when someone's pulling at your leg. Yeah, but, and then, then there's the other sort of the productivity thing. Yeah, You know, like, I'm trying to get stuff done, but I'm trying not to be too hard on myself either. Oh, God, yeah, corny. See, it's just too much. <laughs> Like, and then there's all the which side are you on with conspiracies and stuff and then there's are you are you following all the conspiracy stuff like 5g and everything i mean i'm I'm following it but and i've got a very strong viewpoint on it what's your <clears throat> viewpoint on it <clears throat> um i'm not saying that conspiracies don't like there aren't conspiracies but i think just p- people are very um irresponsible in repeating conspiracies without doing any of their own research. And I think that's the worst, that's the danger here. <clears throat> like with no one's accountable and I'm, I'm big on accountability. Like I hate it. I hate people not being accountable for shit. So if you're, go- if you're, if you're BBC or you're a newspaper or something, yeah, and you publish a story that is wrong or is a lie or blah, blah people can come after you. Like there is, there is systems in place to say, you can't write that or you're going to get fined or you're going to lose your job or something. If someone with a lot of influencers just retweets or shares 5G masks, tear them down or we're all going to die. No, and, then, and then you tear them all down and no one dies and then it's proven it wasn't true. So what? I, 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 I didn't know. I was just retweeting what someone else Wrote. So influencers and people with that kind of position aren't held accountable in, in any in any capacity. So yeah, but like the scary thing is that goes like right to the top. You think about the sort of stuff that Trump retweets, and then when he's called or he's called up on it, he literally does that. He'll shrug his shoulders and he's like, "Yeah, just retweet it. It's not it's not my views." But hold on, hold on. We did good. We're the best. America has actually got the most conspiracy retweets 
than anybody, anybody <laughs> in the world. I was just watching the uh, press conference from, I think, yesterday, and he's come up with this idea that everyone should... The bleach, UV light, and and, and disinfectant. People should be injected with disinfectant. Crazy. It's not a bad idea. Mm, Is it? Well, if anyone believes it, then they they probably... If, if, you know, Bill Gates wants to get what he wants and uh, decrease the population... Then get rid of the people who think bleaching injects. Hold on, so are you on board with this Bill Gates conspiracy theory? Do Do you think Bill Gates is behind this? Wait, have we started? We started, this, yeah, yeah, we're on. Steve and Ara banter, or or it all. It all I, I'll, put, in, I'll put a different face on. It all blurs into one. Hi, Steve. <laughs> He's just literally put his head, his face down, his hands in front of his face. Have you gone professional now? Yeah, Ara, creative director. <laughs> no, we keep it real. It's good. We'll keep it real. Hold on. I want to. I know. I'm interested in this. Do you think then that? Do you think Bill Gates is has a part to play in all this? Firstly, I don't think. From the my, I think my opinion is so irrelevant. Yeah, of course, mine is as well. But I'm interested in what you know, people are thinking. I, I don't. I, I don't think Bill Gates is behind this. I don't think Bill Gates came up with the coronavirus, COVID-19. I don't think his vaccination will kill people. Yeah. But I have no evidence. So I wouldn't tell people. Uh, that's why I wouldn't feel comfortable saying on here, don't believe that or do believe that. Because yeah, I haven't cool. done enough research. I haven't done enough research on that. I've seen people that's... just slamming him. I can, I can talk to you about what I think of David Icke. I can definitely talk to you about that. And I've had a few memes what? I've made. Did you watch that London? Do you listen to the London Real? I watched some of it. I watched some of it. But he's he's nuts. But he's been saying the same things for years, and he's not been held accountable. He had, what was he got right? He thought the world was going to end a few times. But it's really interesting because of you know that uh, that interview was taken down by YouTube and Facebook, and yep. then Brian, Brian Rose, who's the you know owner yep. of London Real, the yep. host of that London Real, he then sort of turned it into this sort of campaign against Absolute, freedom of speech. Yeah, genius. Which Absolute was incredible genius. PR, incredible marketing yeah, and PR. Great screen. Um, but I guess, yeah, you can look at it in two ways. Like, is that an infringement of freedom of speech? Or is what David Icke is saying, is he inciting, I don't know, you could say violence to a certain degree based on if people are listening to his theories on 5G and like you said, tearing down 5G masks. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's much to, to say after that. I, I think that's the, the most difficult thing right now is how easily influenced people are coping mentally with the different feeds of information they're getting. There's, yeah. I did this meme, yeah, where you know the uh, Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man yeah. meme? You know that yeah. meme? Are you aware of that meme? I am, yeah. I, I mean, I thought that fit perfectly because it's hilarious because conspiracy theorists and people who believe the David Icke narrative are pointing at people who listen to the media and saying, you guys are sheep. You just listen to whatever the media tells you. Mm-hmm. And but, the, but surely the people who are listening to David Icke and just retweeting whatever he says are also sheep. Because they are just retweeting and resharing whatever. They're not researching. I'm not researching a lot of what the media tells me. But that's an interesting I'm kind of applying point, logic. 
don't you think it's an interesting point though like it's very challenging in these times to then come up with original thought like with an original opinion because you've got so much coming at you from different how do you dissect it and then in and you, how do you just one dissect it and decide which is the right opinion but also to come up with an original thought or opinion is that's why art is so great you come up with something yeah. original through art but to come up with an original thought and opinion i mean maybe i'm just speaking for me like I don't, maybe i don't come up with original I don't think most people most people don't want an original thought or opinion what they want to that? connect to the nearest narrative that that suits them or that that they believe and they can jump on the amount of people who are like it's unfollowing each other and and um kind of falling apart with people they actually care about over which side they've chosen is insane. Just like Brexit saying, all over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, like it's worse. Brexit. I think it's worse than Brexit. I think it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, it's, it's so much worse than Brexit. I've seen so much. It's hard. You've got to stay off social medias and kind of... You can't dislike someone because of their opinion on what they believe. It's, it's like, yeah, it's almost like you're going to dislike someone based on what religion they have chosen. Yeah, I think something that I've tried to um, get better at, I guess, is being looser with my opinions, but not just being looser with my opinions, but not necessarily empathy. judging. Yeah, empathy, but and, and not judging someone who's got a vastly different opinion to mine, no matter how um, how much I might disagree with it. Yeah, I've, I, yeah, it's. I mean, it's crazy. You can't. You can't dislike someone because of one opinion they have i think you know it's different if it's racism or kind of extreme hatred towards something then that's different to this like this is like if someone believes david ike i'm got no reason to fall out with them yeah but i'm seeing a lot of talk like that like a lot of people are kind of positioning that but anyway is that is that is this the is this the weekly steve uh podcast on surviving lockdown <laughs> It is now. <laughs> Surviving lockdown with Steve. It is now. No, I mean... Steve, 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 Steve. Steve. <laughs> this is, uh, you know, it's it's a creative... It's, it's focused on creativity and all, all that sort of stuff. But, um, you know, this is where we're at right now. So mm. uh, why not Why not have that conversation? How so are you, you staying creative then? Dude, I am finding it like it is great right now for me. Like mm. in terms of, because I'm, I'm writing, that's what I'm doing at the moment. I find you live I on your own, yeah? Live on my own. I don't have any distractions. I'm just, I'm, I'm, in, uh, I'm in that flow state right now. I'm, you know, How's writing. discipline? Are you disciplined? Like, do you have I structure? Am. Do you wake up certain time, certain coffee, breakfast, Speaking schedule? I, everything I, is... about this. I, I harp on a lot about this in, in episodes with people because it comes up in conversation. But yeah, I've got a morning routine. I read um, at the beginning of the year uh, the book 5am club. Have you heard of that? Yeah. And I've read a lot Stay of those kind of it. stuff. Pardon? Stayed away from it. Yeah. I mean, I, I look, some of these self-help books obviously are, I don't know, they're just a bit garbage, aren't they? And a lot of people repeat the same things. But for me, for that, it helped me set out a, a structured routine that I've been able to apply for the best part of this year. Or well, the last week I've fallen out of bed. I've fallen off the wagon a little bit. I was getting up at like 5, 5.30 and then be at my desk writing by eight. And to the last wow. week it's been sort of like 9.30, 10. But I'm trying not to be hard on myself, you know, because even if I do, if, if I do get up at eight, 
it's not like I'm going to write all day. I'll do like the first half of the day, I try and do creative stuff. And then the afternoon admin, you mm. know, and things to do. But as the, as the weeks have gone on, the admin and things to do like decreases to a certain degree when it comes to work stuff, because, you know, jobs aren't, there isn't jobs that are continuing. Um, but yeah, I, to answer your question, I do try and keep a structure. And for you, obviously, I imagine it's much more challenging because you've got kids, right? Yeah. I thought it would become my podcast there for a minute. That was really good. Yeah, I switched um, it I, switched, I, <laughs> I had another question lined up, but you killed it. Um, yeah, it's, it's very different with kids. It's very, very, very different with, with kids. And it's all their fault. Um, <laughs> they, understandably, for them, it's a joy to have dad home. Um, mom and dad are home now. Wow, like, you know, this is great. Let's do this. Let's do that. And they're young. They're minor, about to turn three and four. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, it's, and then also you got to kind of bear in mind that they need to get their kind of one hour break, go outside, but can't just be with mum, has to be with both of us. Okay. Um, so have to bear that, bear that in mind um, and make sure they do get, I kind of divide my time up between them and work, but most of the time I'm in the car. I'm in the car trying to work in the car. Is where you it's are right now. Piece. So the car is your office right now. It's, for the first week, I did every day, all day in here, but then just started getting headaches. So now I try and divide it up. Okay. Um, so some days I'll do the whole day in the, in the house, but I know that if I'm in the house, I'm at like a 30% productive rate. Like I'm, I can't expect. At the beginning, I was getting very anxious. That was one of the things I was going to ask you about. Like anxiety is, I think, one of the hard things as a creative because you judge yourself on kind of what you've achieved. And if you look back and, and you think, damn, I should have got a lot more done today. I haven't done anything. I haven't written anything. I haven't come up with anything. That, like the memes thing is kind of an outlet for me sometimes just because I, I want to materialize any idea. Where will you post it? I, I might just send it on a few WhatsApp groups and stuff. Um, yeah. Maybe post it on my Instagram. But I'm not even, I found I'm not even that bothered. Like I've had some stuff go viral as memes. And it's amazing. It's like amazing feeling, especially when it's not kind of like, yeah, I'm not doing it full time. I'm not like a meme creator. That's not my, just to clear up, that's not what I do. Um, we'll get on but, to the, what you do. Yeah, but to, to, to just get anything creative out there into the world and just feel it off your chest in terms of like, okay, I created something. I like that. I like something I created. It's almost like, yeah, if an artist draws a piece, they don't have to share it with people to feel like they've created some art. If, if you write something, you don't have to share it with, people and feel like you need validation to to know that it was as a creative mm. to me there's more value in creating something right than creating something and showing it off because that's where the anxiety comes in i think the anxiety comes more in if you've um the anxiety comes in if you haven't made it if you haven't created something as a creative that's like that's why i, I was going to ask you like do you get anxious if do you feel the anxiety come on if you have gone a day or two without writing anything? If your schedule hasn't gone to plan? I, I feel um, sort of, uh, dis- I guess, disappointed in myself. And maybe, yeah, they're def- definitely I feel, I feel, I feel my anxiety is more, it's more about, what, going back to what you're saying about posting something, the anxiety comes when I've posted something and if it's not getting any mm-hmm. love, that's where a lot of that anxiety comes from. But in terms of not being creative for a day or so, I'm, I'm getting a bit better with it. I had a day on Friday. Last Friday, hit a wall. Early on, I just knew I was feeling sluggish. It wasn't happening. So I just 
decided to just spend the day on the sofa, just watching stuff. And I just let myself do it. I'm getting better at doing that. I've always been pretty relentless. Like I have to just put power through it, power through it. But I, I don't think that works. I think uh, you, do, you do need to, if, you, if you're depending on what you're doing, let's say you're a writer, you should be trying to write every day. But when you get to that point and if you hit a brick wall, I think sometimes it can be counterproductive just to just try and push through it. I agree. And I think it took me a long time to realize that as well. In, in terms of, as a creative, you're not just an output. You're like, you're like part, of, you're part of a bigger machine. Mm-hmm. So your flow is in, in the middle. So, but you, so you have to have stuff coming in and you have to realize that as, as a creative, that you have to experience things in your life. You have to watch things. You have to listen to things. You have to read, read things. You have to look at other people's creative. Um, so I'll, I'll, I shut myself off from Facebook and like looking at stuff for ages, just trying to create and come up with things. Right. But now I do pretty similar to you is like, I feel like I want to watch, I want to watch stuff. I want to watch content. I want to, absorb it i want to distract myself with facebook so to take my mind away from what i was doing bring in some new ideas new experiences even if it's vicarious vicariously it's trying to draw on other things to to put yourself in a position to merge different things you've seen to create a new idea because that's that's pretty much what you know being creative is yeah yeah i agree you never know where it's going to come from you could just be walking down the street and you see something and, you're like, oh, yeah, that, that would be good for that thing that I was thinking about. You know, that might be, that's a funny, or even it's the way someone walks. Like, oh, that, 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 could, that could be something that my character does. Whatever it is. But, all right, so let's, let's rewind a bit. Hmm. So you, getting into the creative game, I know you sort of, uh, you're a copywriter at some of like, the biggest ad agencies in the country, like BBH and some of these yeah, guys. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't. I wasn't big there. I was very, like, when I started, I think I started at, like, 23. 23 years old when I read a book called Hey Whipple, Squeeze This. Called what, sorry? Hey, Whip, hey Mr. Whipple, Squeeze This. I think that's what okay. it's called. Right. There's a, it's, a, it's a really good book. It's what got me into advertising. It's what made me realize that there is a world where coming up with ideas is a job. Yeah, I didn't realize that was an option before I read that book. And I can't remember how I got to that book, but I was doing like design work, like graphic design kind of stuff as followed like my degree um, and trying to do my own, my own events and things with my brother. Um, but after I read that book, I thought, wow, there's a whole world where you can be a, a creative, like being a creative is a job. Oh my God, this is amazing. So after reading that, I got into advertising. I looked, looked into how I could do it without having kind of qualifications and stuff. So found a partner because um, you have to be a creative writer and a copy director if you're working in advertising, um, or at least you did. I don't know if it's changed. Um, and that's around 2000, the year 2000, 2001. And then I, I started working, um, like work experience and getting into these agencies and only doing like three months in each one. Then I worked for Grays. I worked for Grays International. Um, and it just like, I wish I kept doing it. Uh, I think the biggest mistake I made was leaving. Really? The ad world. But yeah. Colin, did, did you leave to run your company, Jump Off TV? Yeah. yeah. 
but that's led to to loads of opportunities and success. Yeah, right? but I could have squeezed a couple more years. I think it, they didn't have it didn't have to be mutually exclusive. Like I could have. Right. What do you think? What on. benefit do you think you would have got from carrying on for a few more years? How? What effect do you think that might have had? Obviously, it's difficult to say, but um, it comes down to being creative again. I, I feel like the company and the stuff I did with Jump Off TV and creating something amazing that you know a, a lot of people believe started a whole music scene here um, and, and is responsible for part of one of the pillars of the, the urban scene here. It's a, different, it's a different thing. It's like, that's one thing. I look at the guy who I was with as a partner um, in creative, in the advertising world now, yeah? And I'll look at his LinkedIn and I'll be like, oh my God, look at, look at all the ads he's created. Look at all of these ideas. And I do feel a bit like that. I would have liked a couple more years of that. And I could have. I could have done it. Because the jump off thing wasn't... The only thing with jump off it was every other Monday as a live event, right? So Sorry, so just to, just, to stop, just to stop you there, for people... I think that's that, a good idea. It's very good podcasting. Because <laughs> the audience will not know what I am talking about. So it's very good you well, reel it back. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it in the show notes anyway, but for people that don't know, do you want to explain what Jump Off is and was when you, when you launched it? Um, so me and my brother Harry were very much into kind of urban music, hip-hop. I mean, it's just hip-hop then. Um, always wanted to do something. We used to do events that bombed um, like as, as just regular club nights when we were even younger. We tried to do um, nightclub events. Um, and then we had this idea to do a rap battle event. Um, and, and Jump Off basically evolved from a rap battle event into an all-round, just to keep the short version of the story, into just like a hip-hop battling event. So there was crew dance battles, uh, producer battles, rap battles. Um, and it became a pretty much a sta- staple event in in like the urban scene in, in, in that era where, you know, a lot of people kind of born from that, like Professor Green, Diversity, who were known as Swift Moves, Flawless, Dance Crews. You know, it, it was a small, a much smaller scene. And when we started, a lot of people kind of in the urban world and the hip hop world at that time would say, it will never work. Like there isn't enough hip hop in this country. There's not enough people into hip hop in this country for that to work. You're crazy. Um, so yeah, it basically became a big event and it ran probably for five, six years. And it's, yeah, it's taken a back seat now, but we're planning on bringing it back. But then also off the back of that, you then had launched your YouTube channel and Facebook page, uh, Jump Off TV. And that got, you got shitloads of subscribers and you and views. Yeah, yeah and, and money. Um, and money. So how much, at, at its peak, what sort of subs did you have and, and views? Um, I think at the moment the Jump Off channel's got five hundred thousand subs, but before before YouTube, we were we were paying about eight hundred pounds a month in hosting traffic because we used to <clears throat> we used to make the videos from our events a uh, little MOV and WMV files. Yeah, yeah. So Windows Media video files and QuickTime files and real player files, and okay. we would upload them. And there'd be so much demand 
the bandwidth just kept growing and growing and growing. And, and the web hosting company would, would be like, look, you have to pay more. You have to pay more. You have to pay more. And at one point, I remember we were paying 800 pounds a month. And that's when YouTube came about. And we were like, oh, my God, what free? It's going to be free to host our videos. Because we used to put them on stuff like Emule and Kazaa and name the music video just to try and get them out there as, as, as marketing. And that's when YouTube became a big, a big thing for us because suddenly we've gone from paying 800 pounds a month to free. It's now free. Watch the videos here. But just as we did that, there was another company called Brightcove who came around, right? And Brightcove would offer us some money. So this is very early. Like this is before YouTube was monetizing. You couldn't make money from YouTube at the time. So we used to upload only like trailers and snippets onto YouTube. And we say to watch the whole thing, go to Brightcove. Go to our website where we'd have a Brightcove player where they'd run pre-roll ads where we would monetize. It wouldn't be amazing. It wouldn't be amazing. But for us to suddenly make money when we were spending money just to promote our events was a, was a big shift. So then we realized YouTube was doing the snippets, yeah? And, and, and the trailers were doing so much more views than what we were getting on Brightcove. So as soon as we kind of realized that we can't force people to watch our content where we want them to watch it, like the audience is on YouTube. And just as we kind of were moving things over to YouTube, I think that's when they started their partner program. So we were, quite, uh, we were like really early adopters on, on YouTube and monetizing on YouTube. Um, and I, I think our whole vision for what we believed was going to happen and the whole landscape of, of media changed at that, at that point. And we tried to create different content on YouTube after that, not just our events. So we tried to make content specific to YouTube. So is that when you started doing like hidden camera stuff and pranks, yeah. all that kind of content? Yeah, I hope we're not the ones responsible for pranks. Um, <laughs> but we started doing, you know, pranks, sketches, news, just trying trying tons of uh, different different things, different types of content, seeing what what people like um, how it was, you know, keeping a close eye on, on things and trying to create formats. We were big on creating formats, online formats. We still are. That's probably the only thing that's kind of lasted for us is we now focus a lot more on, on format content. We make formats for other, other talent, other companies. And that's um, through, that's through, you know, your new company, Incredible TV. So incredible. Yeah. So incredible. Yeah. Okay. So incredible is more focused on, yeah, creating formats and, um, managing talent looking at the whole kind of influencer landscape um and doing brand deals yeah that was the tough thing though steve with 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 the jump off back then you couldn't make money we couldn't we couldn't find because brands didn't associate with it at all you were basically 10 15 years ahead of your time yeah and sometimes you got to take the hit on that and sometimes you do and i see it and i remember you know, looking up at other people thinking, oh, you were ahead of the, you were ahead of the game. Like, you know, the guy who, the whole kind of founders of hip hop don't benefit. The, the, the guys who, you Happens know, everywhere. Like when yeah, I work, George Best doesn't benefit, didn't benefit from, you know, the money that they're making now in football. I don't know if ever I told you about when I used to work in the music industry and um, we managed an, an act called Master Shorty. And oh yeah, I remember. I remember Master Shorty. Yeah, and he was like one of the first 
independent UK rappers to really, of that era, the pop era, like before, mm. you know, around Tinchy and those guys, he was about to blow. He, got, he had a single on um, Radio 1, he had on the Radio 1 B-list rotation. ATC, ATC, Kwame. Kwame, yes, that's why. Yeah, I remember him. I, yeah. I know him. And, 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 you know, to be fair to um, Tiny Temper, he, I, he even, he, he would, he, I think he openly admitted at the time, he took a lot of Shorty's vibe and ran with it. But he came along, Shorty, I think the point I'm trying to make is Shorty was like one of those early pioneers and it, and it didn't quite happen. But there were mm. other factors as well. Like, you know, there's, there's always other factors involved. But then Tiny saw that, took it, ran with it, did his own thing and, you know, blew up. Yeah, and I, I think the key thing is to not be mad at that because then you can be bitter. You can be bitter your whole life thinking, Dad, that should have been me. That should have been us. That should. Have... I think you just have to shift and evolve and, and learn from it. Have you always been that way inclined to just be able to just drop that, you know, that sort of like, yeah, that, that negative baggage? Or is that something that's happened over time as you've sort of grown as a person? <laughs> I don't know if I am what you described. But you just said it. Yeah, but I don't know if I'm always like that. I no, think always me like giving that. A, I'm, I'm saying that's what you should do. I'm not sure if I always take my own advice as well. I, I know I don't. Yeah, well, I, not do, yours, I, I don't. I, not yours, <laughs> mine. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I don't. <laughs> yeah, that was quite offensive. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I don't think I, I, I do necessarily. I think you should be like that, and, and I do try and be like that. But if I don't think I am always like that, I don't think I am always kind of that forgiving of myself or the situation. It, and maybe also it took me some time to kind of get to that point. I think very early on we were a bit, we might have been a bit bitter. We might have been a bit upset about how things happened. I think you've got to look at the, the kind of rap battle, rap battling as a culture as well. And we didn't create it. There were people well before us. We were probably the very first kind of online, making it big online. There was DVDs and stuff before. But when it came to online and, and creating this league, situation which there is now and rap battling's huge now huge um and and firstly because of how we kind of collapsed in that scene it was quite difficult so you're talking about we had a big thing called the world rap championships which was in eight countries or eight territories wow. um five five u.s states um canada australia england so that format was only it only went on for a year, but it was huge and it changed the whole landscape of 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 rap battling. And we, well, Harry had, Harry sold his house so that we could put it on, and we had tapes stolen. And long Harry's, story short, Harry, so Harry's brother, brother and business partner, and business partner, yeah. Um, so he had sold his house, so we had the money to put that event on. Um, wow. We gave a prize of fifty grand. What? Fifty what, grand came out of your own pocket. Yeah. Whoa. But it wasn't in one go. It was, it was monthly. Okay. And we had a bigger plan, right? We had a bigger plan where we would um, make some um, huge content off the back of that and we would be able to get that money back. But the tapes were stolen. So the tapes for the finals were stolen and it changed things for us. And I think that's another thing going back to what we said before about conspiracies and stuff. I, I think what's crazy is we put on an event we had a big format leading up to it. We had 100,000 at least 
people watching this format develop. The rap battle format. We had the finals in New York. Tapes were stolen. Um, it changed everything for us because now we couldn't do what we wanted to do to make the money that was going to pay the winners 50 grand. But we still upheld our side of the thing of paying 50 grand, but now we were just going to pay in longer installments. And we had to start doing filming jobs. So I went and did a lot of work with like MySpace, did a lot of content for MySpace and other, other companies just doing, getting out there and filming just so we can make the money to pay the winners, right? But during that kind of month where the tapes were stolen and we were trying to explain to the audience, we can't put out the content because the tapes were stolen. Then I've never had so much backlash, so many threats, because we had a forum. And obviously we're contactable because people kind of know who we are and we've got email addresses and we had, you know, MySpace or Twitter accounts back then. And we had so much abuse from like the general public or the viewing audience that we had back then. And people didn't believe us. They didn't believe it. You've, you've obviously, there's no tape stolen. You're just trying to get more videos out of this or you're just trying to lengthen it or you're just trying to, there's so many different reasons people came up with why we would lie about the tapes being stolen. To the point where there was people accusing us and saying that they saw Harry run to his car in New York with the tapes and put them in there. Wow. But he didn't have a car. He didn't have a car and he didn't even leave the building. So I, I'm, I'm used to being on the side of people saying conspiracy, shouting conspiracy because it's easy to shout conspiracy. It's easier to connect yourself with uh, 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 something you've made up in your head of what must be the truth because the truth isn't believable. Yeah. So that, I mean, that was, a hard, that was a hard time for us to pick ourselves back up from. And I, yeah, so to go back to the earlier thing, I was definitely bitter after that for a while. But, then, but, but, it's, but it's interesting hearing how in order for you to pay that prize money, you then started to film, you know, for MySpace, et cetera. So, you know, uh, uh, sort of almost like unbeknownst to you, you're, you're, you're developing these skills that are then going to come into play in what is then going to be like your second career in business. And then you, yeah. you, you are at like the forefront of social media content because you've been developing all these skills. It's like you almost like pivoted without even deliberately doing it. Yeah, sometimes you're forced to pivot. Sometimes you're forced into a shift and you've just got to hit that and, and run with it. Um, for us, the other side was far worse. Not, um, not holding up to something you agreed. Because it wasn't the rappers' fault. It wasn't, it wasn't the rappers who won. It wasn't their fault that the, the tapes were stolen. They still did their part, right? They did. We had to honor. We could have easily turned around and said, look, tapes are stolen. We're not paying you anything. But then you lose all credibility. You're finished. There's no, you know, we couldn't talk about coming back or, or, or carrying on. Did you have an idea who might have stolen the tapes? Yeah, we know who stole the tapes. Oh, really? And they held us to ransom and they held us to ransom and Whoa. they threatened money. Um, but it's cool because you just watch karma develop and, and just life play itself out. Right. And, you know, we couldn't, we looked at our options, you know, we looked at what we could possibly do to, to rectify the situation. We couldn't arrive at anything we, we all agreed on. Um, so we just let it play out. And we were pretty sure that like, we became, like I'm big on crime shows, right? Like, I, love, I love the whole crime TV and, and, and I try and watch everything I can. And I think part of it might be to do with what happened. Like when the tapes were stolen, 
me and the, the the couple of other guys on the team. So Accent and 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 Harry and I can't remember who else was with us back then. Um, but we would analyze the footage. So we had footage from the other tapes. Not all the tapes were stolen. And we would analyze, okay, he was here. This guy is standing there. So it could be him because he's near the tapes. Oh, and look, at this point, he's not there. And so we were, like, we became little investigators. Um, but yeah, it, 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 everything is part of kind of what you become. So that unknown to us, that did become a big part of how we would develop in what we do. Because also I think we realized that it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard industry to make money in um, and just focus on that one thing. We didn't want to just do rap battles. Yeah. We wanted to do more and we felt like we were creative and there's more to offer. And don't get me wrong, like, we, you know, we're still fans of the rap battle scene. A lot of the leagues that started have come from guys who are in our tournament. Um, so it spawned. You know all these different all these different rap battle leagues because they thought oh well they're not doing it anymore, but there's still a need for it. Still people want want it, but we were out there trying to make money to pay these guys. Um, but yeah, it it it, it became a part of what we are what we are now. Perfect. Hello, sorry to interrupt in the middle of this insightful conversation, which I'm enjoying, I'm sure, just as much as you are. But I need to give you guys a little reminder. Uh, if you like this conversation, this episode, if you like balancing acts in general, then please do subscribe to us, rate and review us because it makes the world of difference. And the more reviews we get, the more rates we get, the more people can discover the podcast and we can make it go viral, whatever that means. Okay, back to the chat. So now you're spread. You spread your time between managing talent, and so that talent is, is it. Is it mostly social media talent, or is it across? I say creators. I'll just call them creators. I think call it's them easy way to do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the main ones we work with are um, Charlie Sloth, the DJ. He's a creator. He's a big creator himself. Like, there's a lot of plans and things to do with him, so we're heavily involved in firing the booth. Um, and him and his career. There's Yanni Mize, who's a big car customizer, got his own TV show with three seasons. I'm not sure if there'll be another one. Down BBC uh, they're, three, on, right? they're on Dave. On Dave. Okay. Was it? Were you originally doing it with BBC Three? Was that another show you were making? Oh, that was a Charlie Sloth show you were making, wasn't it? Charlie Sloth show was on iPlayer. iPlayer, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, you, so as well as doing that, you're also effectively running as a production company as well. Yeah, yeah, we've done some things where we're the production company. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. We've got a little team. We'll get things done. We're more about the idea. We're more about connecting the dots and and creating impact. You know, I think that's what the big thing for us has been. The whole trail has been from jump off creating impact globally to the World Rap Championship, creating impact globally. Charlie Sloth started off with a series called Being Charlie Sloth, which we were involved in, where he played all the characters. That's how he was noticed originally. Again, global impact. He's known, he was known in America from, from those shows. He was, uh, every Monday, he would have an episode of Being Charlie Sloth on World Star Hip Hop. And that would average a million views. Wow. Things started for him really from there, 2008. That's where BBC recognised him from. They used to, we heard that they would gather around and watch 
every Monday. Um, then he got invited in to cover a show. Then that's how his career is kind of spiraled into. What's to- um, what's like a? Is there like a? Because you've worked with so so many different talent. What's a running theme or traits that you see in these on these talents? That the ones that are taking it to the next level. Um, it's a combination of undeniable ability. What do you mean by that? So you have to, you have to actually be talented. So there's Maya Jama, right? So Maya Jama was 17 when she came to us, and she came to us as a round girl, just holding up cards, right? In in the you know next round at jump off, we used to kind of. Have, have girls who'd walk around with the round girls and help us out backstage and, and, and stuff. So obviously when the club finds out and we find out she's 17, she can't do that anymore. So, but we really thought she was good. And we thought, you know, have you thought about doing anything else or you just want to be a model? She's a bit giddy. We put her out in front of camera. We give her some stuff to do in front of camera. Harry's like, yo, this, this girl's got something. So I think, Right at the beginning, you've got to have that. You've got to have some ability. It's got to be within you. Charlie Sloth, we knew from very early. Like, he came to us as an editor. So he was, was he editing, editing? The, the World Rap Championships and, and okay. Spin the Mic, another format. Yeah, so rap battles. Wow, okay. So he was just editing stuff for us. And then he played us some music. And we gave him some other ideas or things to do. And that's the next point, I think, is desire. Like desire and self-belief. So I think it's a combination of undeniable ability and desire and self-belief. So he had the ability and we would see that this guy's really good on camera. Like we're watching his music videos and we're thinking, because he had made some music videos already when he came to us as an editor. And we're looking at him thinking, this guy's got something. Like he may not be a rapper, but he's got something. He's definitely good on camera. He's very likable. He's got a good character, a good personality. The next thing is, does he want it enough? Is he willing to do whatever it takes to put that ability in front of the right people? So if you're looking for traits, I'd say it's pretty much the same pattern with everyone, everyone we've worked with. Do you think that these, 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 these talents at this point where we're at right now also have to be astute marketeers as well? And good at and good at posting oh. content because that's you know you guys your expertise and yes you know that you're experts in that field like is it important for people to have the know-how now to be like yeah just to like figure out the game not even just posting regularly but start to understand how that all works that whole infrastructure and you know because there's so much behind it. Rephrase that. Okay. In one line. Is, 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 is talent, ability, and desire enough? Or do people also need to be um, experts savvy? at social media? Savvy, social media savvy. Um, yeah, I mean, you're definitely right. It's changed now. I think, you know, you just have to look at that Charlie on TikTok to realize it's not, it, the, the landscape has changed and, and the way things work have changed. Why? What's, with... what's Charlie on TikTok? Is he is he blowing up? No, it's a girl. No, it's, a, it's this other girl called Charlie oh, who's massive on TikTok. The fifteen year old. I think so. Who one just dances? 
the the one that's just yeah, she's just surpassed fifty million followers. I read about it. Oh, yeah, that's probably her. Yeah. I don't know her actual handle, but she says that she doesn't know what the hell happened. She's just making TikToks for fun, and it just so there's what I think I'm talking about is um the talent who want to be like a long term career presenter or artist or actor or kind of in the lane of entertainment. That Charlie girl happened by accident. There's a lot of accidental. Um, it's actually a podcast I listen to, Accidental Creative. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of accidental talent. There's a lot of accidental creatives. Like that Charlie girl has fallen into it and now it's probably going to be her life. If you want to do it, then yeah, you, you'd have to understand all these different platforms or you just go and create. Like the first rule is just put, now it's changed definitely for me. If you asked me 15 years ago, I'd want to make sure everything's perfect before I put it out because you're more in the production lane, right? You're more in the, you understand from TV world and from the advertising world that you write the script, you double check the script, the script goes through layers of changes, then you shoot it, then the, the edit, um, you sit through the edit and then there's re-edits um, and different people have to see it. So that's like the TV and the advertising world. Now, if you're on your own with a camera, you just make it and put it out. And the more you make it and put it out, the more you learn and develop in the field. There is no room for errors on TV because that is judged differently and you put it out over, you know, almost years of planning and developing. Mm -hmm. Whereas now you're planning and developing in the field, like literally. There's formats we do with the Animize where we allow now for, look, it's okay. We will make some mistakes. Let's just get it out there it's okay to make mistakes in the public eye now. Like it's not that it's not TV and we will develop things as we see reactions to them. So we'll look at the comments and what did people like? Cause if you commit now to a format that you've shot on YouTube, right? So if you're creating a format and you're just putting it out on YouTube and you've committed to it, what if people don't like it? What if the reaction is really negative? What if it's not, what if you think of ideas as you're watching it and you can't develop it? So a lot of stuff we do, we'll try and develop as, as we do it. I don't, does that make sense? Yeah, well, it's like, it's, I feel like it's like the new, not to say a new generation, but in a way it is. It's sort of the new generation of content creators and companies who are creating content for social media, but also for, um, <coughs> yeah, it's sort of like you're creating the content, but it's also intertwined with user-generated content and, so they all merge in together to create, you know, what you see now in different formats. Yeah, now, now it's more important to move quickly. That's what yeah. it is. It's important. Well, you to, can to see that. I mean, a, a prime example, actually, of where television have done that is the latest formats that have all come out now where people are shooting stuff from their home because they've had to adapt because mm. you, can't, you can't do a big production right now. But, now yeah, I mean, there's a guy called Sideman who we manage. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Sideman. Like 280,000 on Instagram, Sideman All Day. Not the Sidemen, okay. not KSI. Sideman All Day. He, I've never seen anyone so relentless. In terms, it, like for me, it's frustrating at times because his whole thing is he has to make content every day. So you can't, you can't really sit and plan much with him. But he's going to win because... He doesn't care about being judged. He cares about creating. Right. That's he, a big thing, isn't it? Not caring about being judged. Yeah. You, he puts stuff out. 
relentlessly. Like, it's insane. What, every day? Or are you talking about more than once a day? He's filming. He's never not working on it. So he's always either filming, um, writing, filming, editing, putting out. Right. He keeps that cycle going at a very, a very relentless pace. I don't think there's much he kind of comes across where he's like, nah, I don't really like that. I'm not going to put it out. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a big deal. And I like ironing things out more. I like kind of finding a really good idea and but I'm learning that maybe that's not always important because you've got people like him who are just putting things out and he won't wait. And that's a scary thing when you, when you're up against that, because there could be two people who've got a similar idea, right? One guy is thinking, oh, this is a great idea. I'm going to iron it out. I'm going to make it amazing. I'm going to, this guy's just made it. And is he shooting everything on his phone and editing on his phone? No, nah, he, he now has a full-time paramount editor. Has he? Well, yeah. they're shooting on DSLR? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Blackmagic. Okay. So, so Pocket is, is he starting to monetize through brand endorsements now? Yeah, via yeah, yeah. All yeah. of that. Yeah, really well. Um, he's doing good. And he's with BBC. Um, he's creating a lot of opportunities. Um, and he's a great talent in terms of like just his ability and his hustle. Like, um, I've never, never seen the desire to not fail is, is the kind of best way for it. Like he'll just, he's just relentless, but you got those two guys making content, right? The one who's developing the idea and he's trying to make it great. By the time he puts it out, this guy's already known for putting out and has all the views and you know he's already moved on to the next idea so what's that old adage about perfection killing creativity yeah i'm the king of that i think you look it works you think about if you think about like an artist or a band's debut album they'll spend like they could spend years on that a few years on that Mm. or if you think about like even some of like the greatest what's considered the greatest art ever you know that's you had these you had these artists spending years and years painting that but we're not in that era we're in a different era right now and specifically what we're talking about here creating content yeah it's who's who's quickest off the bat and who's who's most consistent not always though and i think i think there's definitely a lane for people who want to perfect it like artists are still going to be able to perfect their art and put it out yeah you can still become big by putting one thing out a month it's just a different it's just a, a different game you're in but I think that's really key, man. I think it's, it's very important that you, before you go in, you manage your expectations and you understand which, which game you're in. Because the game Sideman's in is different to the game, say, Charlie's in. So they're, they're, you know, they're, in different, they're on different playing fields. So you've got you to respect and understand that before you go in. Or, or while you're in there, start to find which one you want to be in. So try and play both fields. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that makes sense. <laughs> like, so you're, you know, doing what you do, there's, there's a fair bit of pressure on you. You know, you've got, you're responsible for talent. Yeah. There you, I'm sure you get them messaging you every day requests and you've also got brands and companies coming your way. You know, you're the middleman in that respect. How do you protect your mental health through um, these, you know, when you have very intense periods? 
How do you protect your mental health? Do you, is there anything that you do? Is there, do you meditate or is, is exercise important to you? Is there anything that you need to, you know, any kind of rituals, anything that you've got to have in your life that gives you that kind of um, yeah, structure or, or yeah, but help, help benefits you mentally or spiritually? You know, I had, um, I had someone um, do some work experience with me, like a junior, there was this junior program with uh, H Club. Have you heard of H Club? No. Um, it used to be called the Hospital Club. It's a members club. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so they now called H Club. They do a program to help young kids um, from troubled backgrounds and stuff get, get opportunities in the creative world. So we had a young, a young kid, um, I say young, probably 22, I think she was. Um, and she said to me when she finished her trial is, uh, you work too hard. And I, I wasn't sure if that was a compliment or, um, or, or a disrespect to I'm not prepared to work as hard as you kind of angle. Um, and I, to the mental health thing, I'm more comfortable because I've, I've developed this over the years where that's all, I'm, all I know. Okay. I guess my kids now is, is a great break for me. Like I definitely try and get home early. But when, when we were early on in this, when we were younger, I'm saying, honestly, we were in at 10 o'clock and we would, work, we would leave the office at one in the morning. How long do you continue that for? 10 years. Wow. What's that? Five days a week, six days a week? What? Probably seven. Seven days a week. Yeah, that's full on. Probably seven days a week. And, and, and I'd call anytime we'd go out, that would be, that we'd count that as work. So not a lot of going out, but if we're going to go to an event, we, we, I mean, I'd class that. I'm not talking about just behind a desk. I'm yeah. talking about, you know, shooting, editing, you know, teaching people, doing, doing anything we did was, it's work related. And I, I don't know, I'd like to think there are other people who, who, who live that life, but now I can't because I've got kids and I enjoy that. I enjoy that's the, the mental stability for me back then, I think, was you can see, you can, if you've got a vision, you can see that end. You just want to run towards it. You just want to run towards and keep running towards it. So that was our drive back then is because we could see where we were going. We could see how Jump Off was developing. We could see the World Rap Championships. We did another format called Spin the Mic, which was brilliant, like genius, great format. I look back at it now thinking, wow, I can't believe we came up with that. Um, when you've got that ahead of you, you want to keep creating. You want, you want to just make that work. So I don't think maybe if you don't have time to stop, maybe that's your mental stability because all you're thinking about is what can I do now to make that better? What do I have to deliver? What's the, the hardest thing for me now is finding time to think. Right. Okay. To come up with ideas. Yeah. 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 Like controlled. Okay. Now I'm going to come up with some ideas. Because before doing advertising, that's all you did. They'd stick you in a cube, a cubicle, as good as a cube. They stick you in a cubicle. Uh, when I was working at McCann's, there was 24 just little rooms, right, with teams of two in each room. And the Coca-Cola brief would come, and everyone had to stop. All 24 rooms would get the same brief. This needs to be done by tomorrow. I remember yeah. the World Cup, and I had something made for the world. I mean, having something made is the greatest feeling when it's past all the layers, right? So it was a World Cup. They came in with a brief. They needed like six ads to prepare for different results. If England won, if England lost, if England drew. 
against Sweden, I think it was. And you're just, you're just, okay, that's it. That's all you have to do is in that room, come up with ideas. We don't care what you do. They didn't care if you went swimming. They didn't care if you spent the whole day playing pool, as long as you deliver some ideas. So now I'm having to deal with a lot of admin and a lot of other bits and pieces. And like you say, like management and chasing people and all of that. So finding the time like I used to, to just sit with a pad and go, right now I'm going to come up with some ideas. That's different. Yeah. You, um, do you still have your, you played a regular basketball game? Like a crew of yeah, yeah, that'll probably, yeah, you're probably right. That, yeah, thanks. To, yeah, so rewind that. But what I meant to say is on top of that, uh, basketball was a great release for me. Like once a week, I'll go and play basketball and, and just... Bas- so, you, so, you got, so your weekly game of basketball was, was your release. Do you still play it? Well, obviously not in quarantine, but yeah, it's still... Yeah, yeah. prior to it. Before, before that, yeah, I was definitely kind of still big on um, going to play basketball. Love the group of guys that are there. They're all it's a it's a it's a basketball session I started around two thousand and nine, I think it was, uh, for the music industry. So it was very much a urban music industry run. So everyone there was either a rapper, a singer, a promoter, a DJ a musician, something to do with basketball. All right, cool. I'm trying to think if there's anything else, anything to cover. Oh, um, I want to ask you, because it's something I've, I've started to ask guests on the podcast, because um, I'm just always interested. Any, what books, uh, are there any books that have had an impact on you in your life? Any, any books that stand out or come to mind? I think hey. that one um, that I mentioned is the biggest impact. Is that really? Okay. Okay. Yeah, to me, from from an early early stage, real understanding kind of creativity, um, I'd say that uh, the David Geffen book had a huge impact on my life as well. The autobiography. Um, the operator. Is yeah, it the operator? Book, yeah, that book's insane. Yeah. Um, trying to think what else there's been. Um, I've just got the War of Art. Good book. Yeah, I've started really excited about getting through that. But yeah, I wish I'd... Um, I'll tell you what, my, as I've gone, my memory has got terrible. Definitely, the older you get, boy, and when you've got kids, that memory yeah. is fully attacked. Okay, take Sorry. away the kids, the, the kids uh, scenario. Uh, my theory on it is that a lot of it's to do with our smartphones. I mean, it's not, that's not a bad shout. I remember the days you had to remember the person's number to call them. And where you're going or look at a map. But it's not even that. I think the, the, the routine of us every day scrolling and, yeah, you can say it is you get inspiration from it and ideas. But there's also, I think, I feel like for me, I'm talking from experience, your brain can get lazy. It can make your brain lazy. You ain't got no facts, though, so don't put that on... Don't put it on Facebook. Steve's conspiracy theories. Yeah, yeah Steve, what are you scientists say, hey, Steve? I yeah, where's your, where's your, tell me what 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 gives you the opinion the right to have that opinion? Um, so what's what's like um what's the if you got we're talking about vision before and drive in terms of jump off and now you've got this exciting company so television what what's so incredible TV sorry what what's where do you want to go with it what's next? Do you want to start getting more into like 
bigger TV productions or would you, are you looking to grow the management company? So now it's now for me, it's more about money than, than it was before. So when we started, it was about impact. Impact was the biggest thing for us. We wanted to create global impact. We wanted to have our ideas shared around, around the world, whatever the idea was. If it was a rap battle, it doesn't matter that it's not us in the rap battle, but if it's a rap battle that's even come from something we've done, we, that's what we wanted. We wanted to um, infect the world with, with creativity. And, and like, I'm a bit sad at the landscape because you can't control what happens and whatever happens, happens. Back when we were doing stuff, if we saw something someone else done, we wouldn't do it because it's like, well, they've done it. Now it's different. Now it's a TikTok world. Now if someone's done something, you, it's up to you to do it again. And you can make it better. And people don't frown on that. Before, when we were making stuff, we would see other people do similar rap battles or do something similar to us. And they'd get cussed in the comments and they'd stop, right? They'd be told in the comments, you can't do that. Jump off's doing that. Jump off done that. Jump off started that. You can't do that. Now, I see any comment, someone comment, you can't do that. Someone else has done that sketch already. Other people will reply going, so what? They've done it better. Yeah. It's completely, it's completely different to what it was. You couldn't repeat something someone else had done before because it's like plagiarism, right? You can't do that. That's someone else's idea. Now, if you have an idea, you have to accept that it's not just your idea anymore. You are launch, it's a launch pad. You are putting that idea in the world for other people to try and make it better. Mm-hmm. So now I've completely forgotten your question. <laughs> well, I'm you, sure you, it had something to do with it. Yeah, you know, you were talk- I was asking you about sort of what the, the vision is and where you see, you know, your company going forward. And right, you're, saying, so, you're saying before it was about uh, impact. Yeah, so it was before it was just about impact and creating great ideas that could go into the world. Now I need to see some money because I've got kids and stuff. So for years, we didn't make any money and we didn't mind. It didn't even bother us. We just need enough to survive. That was all, it was just about survival and impact. Now it's about, you know, making enough money you know, to, so that my kids can have a good, good life as well. Um, so the, the vision now, though, is still very much how can we make money with the same vision? Like, how can we create impact and create, like, ideas that live forever, like timeless ideas? Things that give, give me joy now are things like uh, we did a format called The Rap Job, which is kind of similar to The Apprentice, it's with Yan and Mai, so he does car wrapping. So we created a format for him to find a new, like, rapper, a new member of staff. It's very hard. That industry is very hard to, to find new people um, who are really skilled. And we got brands involved in that. So to be able to marry brand money with great ideas is really what, what we want to do. There's, there's another idea we're working on at the moment, which is more of a platform. And we think we'll be huge if we can get it off the ground. And so that's allowing us to now enter into a new world, which I've always been excited about, which is raising capital, like, you know, fundraising and, 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 and raising uh, investment. Wow. Money to, to allow us to do things on a much bigger scale. <clears throat> but I think that's all part of growth, man. Like that's all part of, we couldn't have got to this point if we didn't do all the other, all the other stuff and meet all the other people we've met. 100%. So, which is why well, I'm a big believer of, of momentum and activity. 
And that's hard being a creative because a lot of creative is just sitting in and creating and, and coming up with ideas and stuff. But you just have to keep moving, keep things moving. Whatever happens, keep things moving, keep creating. Um, and, and, keep and, then, and, and also be able to execute on the idea. Yeah, so keep putting out. Like, <clears throat> there's, um, there's a lot of talents we've worked with who struggle to put out. Publish, let's call it publishing. So you can create and you can get to a point where you've made something, but if you can't publish it, if you can't cross that bridge to say, I don't care what people think, I've put enough time and effort into this where I believe it's okay now and good enough and I want people to comment on it and I don't mind because it's just a stone, a stepping stone in part of my bigger journey. How people react to this will, will, will develop how or will impact how I develop this into its next phase. So I think that's like a, 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 big, a big part of it is understanding that you have to publish. You have you have to as a and like we work with creatives who struggle. They don't want oh, it's not good enough. I'm not going to put it out. I can't put it out. It's not good enough. It might not be good enough for where you're going to end up, but it's definitely good enough for where you are now because that's what you've created. That's a great point. Don't worry. Just put it put it out. And people, if you can't accept criticism, then you're in the wrong game anyway. If you can't accept. Probably why I don't make, I don't want to be, I don't want to be on camera. I don't want to be putting out content. It's because if I start reading the comments and they're all negative, it'll probably make, it'll probably impact me. It'll probably have an effect on me. Whereas Yanni at Yanimize, he loves it. Charlie loves it. Love, they love, they, they don't care. They know it's part of the process and they know not everyone will like them. You've got to know that not everyone will like you and not everyone will like everything you do. But you can turn them around. You can turn some of them around. Some of them just don't like anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so, some great people out there. Um, all right, man. Look, I'm going to wrap things up by asking you what the idea of balance means to you or not. And then you're not giving me any context. This is a question you're asking everyone and just letting them. Yeah, you, whether you, you want to apply it to your own life or any way that you interpret that. I think I struggle with balance. I like pace. I like momentum more. I like to choose what I like more. And, and I think I have a lot of, I listen to a lot of podcasts and the only thing that resonated with me in terms of balance was, and I don't know if you are cool with a long-winded answer to that or you wanted some bite-sized shit, but someone, someone said, when you're spending time with your kids, spend time with your kids and that's the only thing that's really resonated with me so now before before i heard that i would play with my kids with my phone in my hand and i, I answer messages and because like there are a lot of things happening like I, I get home at the same time that creators i work with are publishing videos it's like the same time so i should be on hand but now what i do is for a good kind of hour and a half i will switch off my phone or just turn it over and put it out of, out of sight. When I put my kids to bed, it'll be, I'm not, I ain't got my phone with me. It's not, you know, I haven't got my phone sitting right next to me. I think that's probably the only sense of balance that, that I have. Other than that, I fully enjoy working at a hectic pace, trying to juggle, keep things moving, spinning plates, 
taking on more work than I can, I can handle and just trying to be organized so that the platform they're on, there's some infrastructure there. I think that's the only, the only key thing to my balance. Okay. I don't know right. if you meant it flipping, you know, whole other way. No, that's, that's perfect, man. Thank you. No, it's not. I'm sure it's the, that's the standard response to everyone's response. You, you'd be surprised. Everyone. Oh, that's perfect. Like, thank you very much. That was. Oh, well, I mean, I'm, gonna say, I'm not going to tell you it was crap, but it genuinely was. <laughs> yeah, it is, uh, every, everyone's come up with something different and unique, which is interesting. Um, some people are into balance, some people aren't, and then everyone's got their own interpretation of what that means to them. I mean, I, look, I started this podcast because I, I, I found myself not having any balance in my life. And so part of the reason I want to do this was from a selfish perspective and just start quizzing other people, like, what, what are they doing? How are they figuring stuff out or not? What so, you think is selfish often isn't. Well, if it can help other people while they're listening to this, then great, you know. Yeah, but not only that, but if you think it's selfish, if it helps you, then it helps other people around you. Yeah, like, for sure. For you to be selfish is a big part of, is a big part of helping other people around, around you. Yeah. Yeah. So you've always actually, you've always been great at that um, helping. Like you've always offered some, you know, really great and uh, y- y- useful advice over the, however long I've, since I've known you. You know what, Steve? You know what, Steve? That, that could be my balance. That could be my balance. My, like, I genuinely, am, I, I get this question, it's a lot, a thing a lot of people say to me is why I do it, because I get nothing in return from it. I get nothing from helping, I've helped so many people, um, and I've got nothing in return from, from a lot of them, a lot of them. Um, but it's not, that's fine with me. It's like, and again, I was bitter. Oh my God, like, so my Ajama, when we, you know, we worked with her for almost two years to develop her and didn't make a penny. I haven't made a penny out of, out of my ajama. And at the start, I was bitter about it. But I had to kind of reset and think, why did I do it? Like, if I, I, when, I when we worked with her, we were going to, you know, we had agreed to manage her. We'd agreed that I would make money when she made money. And we believed that she was going to be a big talent like she is now. So that was the initial reason we did it. But that's overall, the overarching reason to why I might, when I see your content and I might message you a bit of what I feel is advice is because I, I feel like I've, I'm ahead and I'm, I've seen things more than you as a creator. And I can tell you something and you don't, and I'll, normally I'll caveat it with, look, you don't have to listen to this. This is just, I just want to tell you what I think as an option for you. You might not have heard it enough. You might not have heard it from someone else. And I want to give you that option to, to, to take on a piece of advice that might be helpful because uh, it's like I'm from the future in some ways. I'm not. But, but it, goes, it goes back to what you were saying when you were talking about, you know, the, the person who you believe stole those tapes and you said, you know, karma has a funny way of playing out where it works the opposite way. If you're, if you're giving advice and helping people along the road, that shit's going to come back at some point. Yeah, I mean, look at look. I've got a podcast. Out of all the years of helping you, I'm finally on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Who would have thought? Who would have thought it, mate? Amazing. <laughs> cool, man. All right, mate. Listen, where can um, people? Where, where where would you want people guide people to um, your your company website or social media? What's best? I mean, go and look at Yanimize and everything he's doing on his YouTube channel. Go and look at Charlie Sloth. Wherever he is, go and look at Sideman. 
Um, I'm Arrow the coach on everything, but I don't really, I don't post much. Um, but Arrow, A-R-A, the coach. Um, funny enough, because that's, yeah, I like, I like coaching people and helping people. And that was part of that, how that name came up. Um, also, because I made people do press-ups if they were late to the office. Um, but yeah, and hopefully, you know, we're going to get Jump Off TV back. And SoIncredible.tv is, is the website where we are doing all of this influencer management, creative stuff. Needs a bit of an update, but I think the pace we're moving at is, is, is tough. Yeah. But yeah. Great, man. All right, well, look, thanks so much. Likewise, appreciate the time. Perfect. Another Stone Cold Classic episode, y'all. Yeah, I think maybe from now on, I'm going to speak like in this accent the whole motherfucking time, y'all. Yeah, I did a character where I was in this kind of accent uh, in, a, in a music video I did, yeah, like five years. If y'all want to see a real weird fucking video, go, go and check out the Butt Jam uh, on YouTube on my channel, Off Key Steve. Me and Dave Tozer, who's been on this podcast, we created that video five years ago when we were doing so good mentally, y'all. Okay, okay, enough, enough already. Well, that was a great episode, wasn't it? Lots, lots of, lots of nuggets there. Lots of nuggets there. I'm, 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 uh, maybe I'm sure I have mentioned vegan. I found these vegan chicken nuggets. They're amazing. And I found them at Whole Foods. Uh, Yes, very very middle class. Found Found them at Whole Foods. Um, but they, they do taste like the real thing. It's weird, isn't it? You decide to go vegan, but then you go vegan and you're like, you just want to buy products that taste like meat. <laughs> eh, baffling. Baffling. It's a, it's a weird one, isn't it? Are we locked down or are we not in lockdown? I don't, I can't work it. I think anyone can, can we? It's very, very baffling. Uh, you can go outside uh, unlimited times a day, but uh, you can use the public transport if you have to. Uh, otherwise, please don't. No one really knows. We don't know. We don't know what's going on. I mean, I'm still obeying. I mean, I don't know why I'm obeying, but I'm obeying. And also, I've just sort of got lazy now. Just like I actually cannot be asked to go anywhere. <laughs> just uh, I've become institutionalized by by my uh, my lockdown. And um, what 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 else can I tell you? I've uh, written. I've completed the draft of my pilot sitcom pilot for a broadcaster, and now it has been sent to them to find out whether it is worthy enough to be considered for, don't know what, find out with me. See what happens, innit? What else can I tell you? Um, yeah, it's just like, there's not, I can't, there's not loads of news, is there? Because it's just sort of it. Did a voiceover, did a nice little voiceover audition for America. For America, bloody hell, I wish I could do one of those every day, even if it didn't get the job. They pay like decent because it's America. And, you know, it's like an advertising thing, so... Did it from home, obviously. Couldn't go to a voiceover studio, so that was rather nice. I could do one of those, you know. Uh, you know, I, you know, I'm quite a versatile voice actor. Um, so, you know, if you, if you, if you need anybody to uh, to give you that, I don't know, that extra, you know, that extra lift to give you your campaign, <laughs> then y'all need to come to Steve, who is uh, amalgamating into God knows what right now. See, this is what lockdown does. This is what lockdown is doing to me. Um, yes, so that was a fantastic conversation. As always, please do 
rate and review it. Rate, rate the ting. Next week on the podcast, got a great one. AJ King, who's a is a presenter and DJ on Kiss One Hundred uh, on WhatsApp TV on Sky One. He is was my old radio presenting partner at Bang One Hundred Three Point Six FM back in the day. We have a great conversation, so tune into that one. And uh, maybe I'll see you in your unlimited exercise in the park at some point. Or maybe I won't. Maybe I see you in an office at some point. Maybe I won't. We just don't know, do we? It's all, it's all, yeah. All right, until next time, see you later. Balancing Acts is now made in association with the Comedy Crowd, who are a website and community that support independent comedy creators such as myself. I have a Comedy Crowd short, which is a, a two-minute video one of my characters on their website. They showcase the best new videos on Comedy Crowd TV, which is comedycrowdtv.com, and across media platforms, so do go and check them out. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.